Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Tom Inholt is a UK-born artist who lives and works out of Berlin. He attended the Chelsea College of Art and Design, where he achieved first-class honors. He had his first solo exhibition in 2013 at Gallery Mikhail Anderson in Berlin, and since then he's had solos each year at galleries such as Eigen and Art, Project B in Milan, 1969 in New York City, and Josh Lilly in London. He's had numerous group shows and is in the Hort Collection, the Saatchi Collection in London, and several other prestigious collections. I met up with Tom on the occasion of his solo showing with Josh Lilly at Freeze Art Fair, and we spoke about his early days as an exceptional soccer player, the move to Berlin, music, the art and pain of tipping, and much more. We recorded on the outside ground, surrounded by festive art goers in a beautiful sunny breezy day. You'll hear that in the recording, but the atmosphere was pretty great. Here's our conversation. So where would you like to start? You know, I must admit that I don't know a whole lot about uh-huh. your, your upbringing. Well, you were saying you were from the southern coast of England. Yeah, so I grew up in um, Devon or Dorset, mm-hmm. uh, south coast. And um, my mum and dad um, write and illustrate children's books. Mm-hmm. So I grew up around art and I was kind of life drawing at the age of nine and stuff like that. So it was... My mum and dad are both really good painters, and mm-hmm. um, my mum got pregnant while they were studying, and my dad was like, mm, what about just writing some kids' books? And they ended up doing that for like 30 years, and my mum's now back painting again. She's making really beautiful work, and dad's working on some novels. So point is, I grew up kind of surrounded by... Creativity. Yeah, and especially drawing and painting. Yeah. Um, you know, like paintings on the wall everywhere and um, so I was painting from really young but actually what I wanted to do was be a professional football player <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just wasn't wasn't good enough but um, my, I was speaking to my dad about this the other day I mean he he was kind of he just low-key was kind of telling me you know yeah you know it's good that you want to do football but it's always good to have a backup so keep keep going with the painting just every, like <laughs> every responsible parent yeah. is like sports are great yeah. kid but it's good to have something else, Exactly. Right? So I'm just starting to accept now that I am a painter and not a football player. Well, <laughs> you could do both. <laughs> so you grew up around that environment of yeah. creativity, but yeah. then you were in school. You were, Did you start playing soccer or football oh, when you were really young? Very young. Yeah. Very young, yeah. I mean, both of those things I've done since I could walk for football and painting. Well, so. we could just make this whole thing a talk about the relationship between creativity on the field and creativity in the studio yeah, and exercise tr- and all that stuff. I tried to write my uh, thesis in, in, in uh, school about um, comparisons between painting and football, but I was boxing as well, so comparisons between football and boxing and painting, oh, yeah. basically. It is a fight. Yeah, um, but it all becomes very kind of cliched. Um, you know, a battle in a rectangle and all those things. It was really, really bad bit of writing. I can, I'd, I'd read it. I can recommend. It. <laughs> Do you still have it? Um, I hope not. No, <laughs> deleted that. Officially file. not. Yeah. Um, so, what was school like? Like when you were in, you know, grade school or high school? Um, I was were you taking art, or was it yeah. more something you were doing on? No, your no. Own? I, um, I mean, that w- I was not um, the most academically gifted kid. 
um, bit of a troublemaker and I like to have fun with my friends and um, but I had a great art teacher who kind of really helped me and kind of told all the other teachers you know he's not that bad and I was so I was good at art and I was good at sport there's capital in that in yeah, school <laughs> yeah and um, <laughs> the other things I wasn't so good at but you know I liked it I liked being there I love I had amazing friends and yeah, um, yeah that was it was it was fine like, so when it when it came, well what's and also what was the were you interested in music growing up? Um, yeah, I was interested, but it was I've never played. You just uh, listened. Yeah, what was on in the house? Well, oh, in the house was um, classical or the Stones? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> neither. Neither. <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was a mix. I mean, I remember I have a very strong memory of of like of Neil Young. Oh yeah, that that kind of. I'm trying to picture like a long car ride with my dad and I think Neil Young was on a lot Paul Simon mm-hmm. Van Morrison you know it was that kind of kind of soulful music yeah. was on a lot um, I grew up I like uh, I like kind of I really like hip hop and I really mm-hmm. like especially like UK hip hop I've always liked that and I have a friend who's kind of educated me into it a lot and I've and then when I moved to London I got kind of more into it and yeah. like um like grime things like that. I was going to say, is that when like the grime scene? Was? Yeah, and now that's it's bizarre because it's it's he was like really into this world and would just kind of pull out some like crazy album that's just recorded on someone's phone and, and now like I'm in Berlin and people are listening to this stuff. It's just blown up. Right. And, uh, it was like garage music. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's changed. Yeah, it's completely it's completely changed and it's 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 got a worldwide appeal now. I mean, yeah. it's insane to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. So you were into that. Well, yeah. that was more probably high school, I imagine. Yeah, high school. Yeah, yeah high school. And, then, and also in when I carried on studying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there, were you able to see a lot of live music when um, you grew up, or was it tough no, to come back? I'm, no. Not like London? No. Where you could go in London, you could do it yeah, every night. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It was quite, you know, it was quite calm, peaceful where we grew up. But uh, you could. There was, like, bigger towns nearby, and it's... Know, it's, a, it's a tiny country, yeah. so it's only like two and a half hours to go to London. You could travel. Yeah, you could travel up there. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, so when you were in high school, were you thinking, uh, I'm thinking about going to art school, this is what I want to do? Or was did football have you yeah, was on a, a plan for that? I think, I mean, I started, I, I, th- I wasn't set on going to art school. I was thinking about it as one of the options. I I had a, I, I, this is all coming back now, I had a moment, I'd, where I thought about making films like mm-hmm. cinema films like I really want I love um, cinema and I thought I'd love to go and be a director yeah. and I kind of thought to myself well if I want to paint I can just paint um, but I should if I want to make films I should go and learn how to do it so I was I was looking at film school for a while and then yeah obviously my parents kind of slowly suggested that maybe art school is not a bad option yeah. and I uh, did a foundation course at Falmouth College of Art mm-hmm. and then I went to Chelsea College of Art to do a degree but, it, but at this point you're playing a lot of football yeah right? yeah a lot yeah like like every day yeah yeah but and yeah it takes a lot of time if you're pretty serious about it yeah like you're practicing well we constantly. just I just we, I mean, to be honest, we j- I just loved it. Even at school, we yeah. would play, like, before school, first break, second break, lunchtime, after school, every day. I mean, yeah. we just played all the time. And then, of course, then you have training, and then you have uh, the matches and stuff. And we could, I could just... 
I look back on the days, I can't believe it. No injuries. You just go and play whatever shoes you've got on, whatever you're wearing. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was an incredible time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, but so how did art school happen? Um, well, I mean, like I said, I mean, my parents went to art school, so I, I, I mean, I was never going to be able to do anything other. I mean, I was never going to go and study, you know, become a doctor or something like right. that. So when I decided I wanted to go and study, um, I applied to a few places, didn't get in because I had quite a, um, my, my portfolio at the time was quite academic. It was like a lot of life drawings and stuff like that, which I think they thought was like not very cool. And right. places were like interested. They were like, okay, you can draw and stuff, but you know, it doesn't know anything about contemporary art, which was true. And um, so I went to a foundation course in the Falmouth College of Art, and um, and then I and then I applied to I applied to like um, I think eight places, and I got I only got into one, which was Chelsea College of Art. Got rejected from everywhere else. And that made your decision easy. That made I my guess. decision very easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I went there, and um, I'm probably skipping on a bit, but that was a good school, but it was quite anti-painting. Yeah. Um, more conceptually driven? Yeah, more conceptually. I had fantastic teachers. Like I have to kind of put that on the record. And uh, even conceptual artists were amazing teachers. But it was a lot of like, kind of, why are you painting? Yeah. And um, I do feel um, that it made me a stronger... It, 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 it made me more sure that I wanted to paint. Because I went off. I stopped painting yeah. at, at, for, for about six months to a year I, I made like funny little films and I became quite kind of you know I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder and I made kind of like ironic works and stuff and um, I just f didn't make me feel happy and then right. I just went back and started making this kind of unapologetic painting again it gives you that backbone you know yeah. to like I feel like anyone who goes to a program that's more conceptually based or anti 2D you know default painting or whatever you know, attest to. Yeah, that's you know, right. You kind of like search outside of it to see, like, oh yeah, they write. Is should I be doing, you know, performance or whatever that's it is? That's right. Yeah. And then you kind of maybe bring that experience back into painting through painting, and it makes it stronger for yeah, it. Usually. Yeah, that's right. It's not easy no, to go through that. No, and I don't know how it was for you um, when you studied, but like there was. It's funny because in the real world, um, I, you know, I, I love a lot of. I have friends who make completely different type of work, which I think is absolutely fantastic. But in art school, it was like you were in a camp and you were almost at war, you know, right. with the people who made work, anything yeah, yeah. different to you, which is absurd, you know? Like, right. uh, if, was it the same for you? Yeah, kind of. I yeah. mean, it's, that's, I think that's a real value of art school is that you were in a fantasy land for two years yeah. or four years, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. where it's everything. Yeah. It's wake yeah. up, you make the work, right. you know, you go... You're in the studio all the time. Yeah. You're talking about it. Your classes are about it. Yeah. It's kind of a great luxury. It's it, not realistic. No. <laughs> no. And then you get out of, you know, there's so much capital and all that stuff you're learning. You get out of school and you're like, it's crickets. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, wait, where, where'd everyone go? Where's, exactly. You know, it's like, what oh, am I supposed I guess to do with my time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that school becomes, it trains the voice in your head to like spot check you and what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's important, I think, to have that experience. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, w I've, I was kind of, um, I think because I grew up around painting, like my parents always told me that you have to work very hard, which I think is was a good thing that they told me, you know. Yeah. So I was, 
you know, even at 18, I was like in the studio all day and in art school, there wasn't many people doing that. And work ethic. Yeah, work ethic. Yeah. Like they really pushed that into me, just basically told me that it's very, very hard to make a living out of being an artist. And if you want to do it, you need to go and work incredibly hard. So I kind of, I did do that even at art school. And it's true. Yeah. They were right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes parents are right. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> not, not often, no, but not sometimes often. we're right. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been really good at that. And, and I think also it was, it wasn't a strange thing to be doing. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, like you would, you know, I mean, if you come from, you know, if your parents are like, I don't know, doctors or lawyers, and you go and spend a day in the studio, that could be considered as kind of, you know, you've had a day off, or yeah. it's kind of luxury or something. Right. Whereas they, you know, they'd say, well, it's time to work really hard. That's good. Right. You know. When yeah, I, it's oh, funny. My parents did that too. They, yeah. I transferred from med school to art school. Oh, really? Okay. And they, they didn't really care, but they always said, you know, do what you want to do, just work yeah. 150% at it. Yeah, you really, you know? really have to. Because there's so many other people who want it. Yeah. If you're not going 100%, yeah. how are you going to do it? You know? It's funny because... It's, it's a blue-collar thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's funny because it's, it's only now that I um, have learned to... Uh, I, I work... Um, more efficiently now like yeah. um, the time I spend in the studio is um, really um, I get stuff done there um, whereas I used to kind of I think it's some, some sort of Irish Catholic guilt in my blood or something I used to like I had to be there sort of nine till seven right. or something yeah. Otherwise, and now I'll be it's like work yeah exactly yeah. like and if I left in those times and I hadn't put in a good shift you know whereas now I kind of um, you know, I take holidays and I realize how valid that is for uh, and how important that is for my for, for the work. And, um, you know, I might go in you know, less hours, but I tend to get more done now. Well, nothing exasperates that more than having a child. Yeah, exactly. You are now in that <laughs> Five <boat>. weeks in. <laughs> I'm yet to have been in the studio so far. <laughs> you really punched a clock, though, when you get in there. Yeah. Like, no more fiddling on the internet. Yeah. Get work done. It's changed and get everything. Out. And it's because you want to see your kid, too. You know, mm. you want to maximize your time. Yeah. And and her mum needs help as well. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. It changes your well, efficiency, I think. As I said, so it's, I mean, we're five, no, she's five, five weeks old. So it's, it's, we, we need to figure out like how that's going to actually work. Right. Fortunately, we've got at the moment the setup is we live on the top floor and the studios on the on the ground oh, floor. Nice. So the commute is short commute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> commute's good. Um, she could so just have a bell to ring for <laughs> yeah. you whenever she needs help changing uh, diapers. She kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> Text so, message. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Get up basically. Here. Yeah. Get up. And so, so um, we're gonna have to figure out like, um, yeah. Is your wife German? She, yeah, she's uh, from Turkish family, but grew up in Germany. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she grew up in Stuttgart, but yeah, the family's Turkish, yeah. And does she come from a family of footballers? <laughs> Turkish? Uh, no. Her dad was um, Turkish wrestling champion. Whoa. Under 18, under really? 21, yeah. Nice. Um, he's a square. Yeah. He's a strong guy, yeah. And um, so I'm hoping the genes have passed on to my daughter, and she's going to be incredibly violent child champion wrestler yeah that's on that's what i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you have I, we watch the turkish league a lot too yeah yeah it's, yeah it's, it's good well i mean the rivalry is like nothing else and i think they're right. the, they're the only league at the moment in 
like in that area to have an actual title challenge. I think it's like one point in between the three teams last I checked. Oh, it's and it's rabid. Uh, like yeah. you can watch YouTube videos of uh, Fenerbahce fans e- e- destroying e- e- televisions. E- e- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, so, so how was art school? It was good. You felt yeah. like I mean, you came I, out of it stronger, as y- a, but you came out as a painter. Like oh you yeah, went through the ringer. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I. Um, I've always, I think it's, I don't want to spend the whole time talking about sport and I don't want, like, but I, I think it was a good, it's always given me a good balance. And so I tended to, I've got really good friends who were artists at the school, but mm-hmm. I tended to hang out a lot with, we had um, University of the Arts London football team. So it was um, made up of nine different universities. So you had like people doing sports, journalism, fashion, all sorts of vaguely creative fields. And they had three teams, which made up the so they were first, second, third team. So I tended to my friendship group was more related to a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would kind of go in. It's sort of not dissimilar to now. I would go in, just slog away in the studio, occasionally get a few opinions, and then leave. You know, yeah, and go and meet my other friends. I wasn't as much kind of sitting around like smoking cigarettes, hanging out, hanging out, and yeah. discussing. You know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you had kind of had that, the ethic and the almost, you know, work is work sort yeah, of thing. kind of you yeah know, yeah. Just like work through ideas, get it done, and then go do my other things. Exactly, and I think it just helped to. Um, I think when you're painting really well, it's a very similar feeling to to you know when you're when you find that kind of freedom on the football pitch or with boxing, where you're just you're existing in that present moment, yeah. and uh, um, you. You like football was was good training for me to paint. I think, right? Um, and yeah, yeah. So it helped. So when you uh, when you graduated, you, how long did you stick around in London before you decided to? Were you there for a while? No, or did you, you immediately I, I, split. Yeah, I had. I mean, I had no money. I had a few jobs that I was working, but you need to work full time to make it. Uh, yeah. make it all work. So I had like three jobs when I was th- when I was studying as well. You get like some money from the government that you have to pay back, but I had like three jobs as well. So I moved over um, to Berlin. A um, little cheaper. <laughs> well, at the time it was yeah, it was right. crazy. I had a job. Uh, moved over, found a job renovating houses, which I could do like um, uh, three days a week and then paint four days a week, which yeah. was like unbelievable, you know. It's um, a m- way more conducive yeah, to making work. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and um, that's, I think that's why so many people have moved there. You I'm, know, I mean, it's getting, as you probably have heard, right, it's getting it's less and less um, the case, and you can't find rooms anymore. You can't find cheap studios and stuff. But on the other hand, if you're prepared to like go 15 minutes down the road, you still can. You, you still can get the cheap. Yeah, you still can. I was yeah. going to say maybe you should move to Detroit next. Oh really? Is that yeah, the, is that the, is that the new Berlin? Yeah, it's the uh, new Berlin. Uh, Berlin West. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little less culture. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, actually, New York is. Uh, it would it, well, it's obviously a very expensive place, but when I'm here, I always feel as if. I could have imagined when I moved to Berlin, moving here instead. Just yeah. it's such a fantastic place, and I just would have taken a completely different path. But mm-hmm. if you hit the lottery, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just, crazy, right? It's like insane. New York is so expensive. It's insane. It's such a I hard place how, to come you, make it happen. You know, you, I don't. I'm so much respect for people who kind of make it happen here because it's just I don't know how you. It's it's more. I think it is more intense than London. 
Yeah. It's the tipping that gets you. It's the tipping. Oh, yeah, that is a pain in the butt, <laughs> You right? have the price, and then it's 20% more. And you're tipping for often subpar service. Well, for Berlin standards, it's incredible service. Oh, is it? Yeah, in Berlin, it's like... You're, they throw you the food at they're, you? They're, they're doing you a favor, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Fine, I'll bring you a fucking burger. Yeah. yeah. I go, you know, I... I go to Japan pretty much every year. Okay, cool. And you don't tip there. Really? And you get the best service in the mm, world. That's and then I come back to New York and I'm like, why do I live here? Yeah. <laughs> I have to it's put up with this stuff. Just to constantly have to carry around like wads of notes just for whenever someone does something for you. Right. Yeah. Am I expected to tip you after this? So? Uh, yes, of okay, course. Well. I have a jar that I'll... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tipping thing is really annoying. Isn't yeah. It? I mean, I understand it, but it's just, it's expensive. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. And if people take take it for granted. Yeah. Like, if they just expect that you're going to. I mean, I got told off. I got told off the other night. I ordered a beer and um, walked away. And the guy was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, I was like, what? No. He was like, no. You, like, this is how I get paid. And he, to be fair, he under, you know explained it to me, and it seemed right. reasonable. Still, um, you shouldn't ask. No. But, you know, kind of respected that he did. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they don't get paid much. No, I think that's what he was saying. They make, a, make yeah. all their money off it. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. So, Berlin, you got set up yeah. right away with the studio? Yeah. You got to work? Yeah, I've, I had an amazing studio. Did I'm, you speak German? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to add something after that. <laughs> no. Uh, I do now. Um, I can't write it. I just learned it, like... On the spot on training. The, on the Strasse. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I um, um, just picked it up over time, but... I found an incredible studio with uh, eight painters, just mm -hmm. found it on the internet. And it was, that was amazing because that was one of the biggest educations I, I had really. Because I, I, like I said, I'd been in this very non-painting environment and I suddenly got in and they, I was surrounded by some insanely good artists who were not necessarily, they didn't have careers yet or something, but I, they were just making great, great work. Yeah. And I just felt like, complete baby just like I need to have someone like show me what mediums people use and I didn't know any, like some of the technical stuff I was really you know they didn't teach me that at art school and I like, think they teach that stuff no I know <laughs> I know so I, I literally was like having to ask someone so, like how to properly stretch a canvas and right. stuff like that oh man I mean, it's I mean, stuff you got to learn on the Strasse yeah <laughs> which is funny because you pay all that money for school and you think that you're going to learn that stuff I know I mean I, don't I teach my students all you know I try to teach them every and I'm not a materials expert mm. but any shortcuts or any like tricks yeah you know, oh. I remember, I probably told this story before, but I was in graduate school and I was making these paintings that were based on fractals, but they were environments, you right. know? Yeah. And uh, I was using tape, Yeah. but my edges were a little funky, right. you know? And yeah. I had uh, Matthew Ritchie came into the studio visit, yeah. visiting artist. Yeah. He's like, we, look, we got a half an hour. Do you want me to spend a half an hour talking about how to make these edges cleaner? Yeah. Or do you want to talk about conceptual stuff? Yeah. And I said, conceptual stuff, yeah. of course. I didn't want to seem like a tool. Yeah. Like, yeah, just teach me. Yeah. But after he left, I started asking the professors. And one of my professors was like, yeah, just put Matt Medium down first. And yeah. seal that off. And I yeah. was like, what the? I, I think that I, that's... No one could have told me that in no. the six years prior? I wonder if that isn't... That, 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 I think you hit on something there. Is I almost think that they, they sort of have a weird way of assuming that you would know anyway that it's so basic that yeah. like but if no one shows you you, ne you never know right. you never learn these things and um so i was with these these people who were just just way ahead of me in terms of 
that you know they've just been doing it much longer. There's yeah. a guy called Jeremy Martino, who's a very good friend of mine now, a fantastic painter, a French mm-hmm. painter, and he kind of babysitting me for a while and was just making these great paintings and um, you learn a lot from yeah well, no. and you learn a lot just from doing it right yeah exactly and they were all like really technically but very like very very different um, um, Marco Reichert German painter very good painter uh, that was was full of, I, I'm not going to name them all sorry for the but they were they're all good roll uh, call <laughs> shout out yeah. <laughs> um, you guys know who you are yeah you know you are and um, so I like you know they taught me a lot they really did um, and then I got really annoyed with them being around the whole time and I suddenly felt I need to have a studio on my own yeah it uh, got old yeah it got old and there was probably too much drinking and oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, distraction yeah a lot of distraction and yeah. a lot of arguments about who's speakers were on too loud and who needed oh, to wear yeah. headphones and all of that kind of stuff which got a bit boring so I got a studio alone uh, well with Marco and mm-hmm. um, but two separate rooms right. and that was brilliant and and then I met um, Mikkel Andersen who's my Danish gallery so he was uh-huh. the one who kind of took a chance on me basically that was your first yeah. go of it he I was in touch for him with him for a while and he said I want you to be part of a group show and it was must have been about 100 artists in this show mm-hmm. and it was a show about water and he t- and he told me six months in advance and I worked for six months making one 30 by 40 centimeter painting for a group show I mean I didn't just make one but I made 30 yeah. and chose the best one and it was completely tiny painting in this huge group show but I think that led to something yeah you worked some stuff out i'm sure yeah i mean all that yeah yeah i did and um you know and it i think he could tell that i cared about it and i think he liked that and we got on really well and then you know he was Mikhail has had an incredible um you do know him have you heard of i don't know personally it's interesting because he's um like art history will remember him like the people he's shown first is extraordinary like i mean so he was Talar's first first mm-hmm. gallery in Denmark, but like also American painters, he showed uh, Eddie Martinez, Shara Hughes, yeah. like um, some just Gunter Fogg, Kippenberger. Like it is unbelievable what he's what he's done, and he's just he has an um, incredible um, vision. He sort of sees the future. Some people just have that. Yeah, AI. they yeah. just know what to show exactly, and then um, they end up getting poached. That's unfortunately the case. That's unfortunately the case, yeah. Yeah. But I've told everyone, like, who I work with, I'm I'm happy to do something, but I also work with Mikkel. So that's because I just feel... It's a deal breaker. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah, so he's he's been amazing for me, yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you you first started showing with him, and that was like... Did he give you a solo after that group show? We did a kind of... Um, I tried to tell everyone it was a solo show, but I think it was probably a duo show because there was two people in it. That's a duo show. Yeah, and, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like... Yeah, so, no, I think I did a couple more group shows. He had a space in Berlin at the time, mm-hmm. and then we did that show, and, yeah, it led to doing a show in Copenhagen, and then... God, isn't it nice there? Oh, I yeah, love Copenhagen. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like a, a utopia. It really is. Yeah. That was another one of those places when I come back to JFK after. Even the airport 
Yeah, is beautiful. And I come home and I'm like, wait, why do I live? Yeah, it's like it's like a five minute it's like a five minute train ride for like central Copenhagen to the airport and stuff. And And it's beautiful. Yeah, it's clean. It's clean. Everyone's Everyone's beautiful. Everyone's on bikes. Everyone's smiling. Have you been there in the middle of the winter though? I did actually, and that's saying a lot that I loved it that much. Yeah, yeah. I spoke at the Royal Academy. It was like there was like an ice storm while I was Mm -hmm. there, and I was still like, this place is amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a special place. It is really beautiful. I mean, I think. I was speaking about it to my friend the other day, like, you know, I could imagine living there, but there is a, you'd miss something, I think. Like, I think it'd be a great Stress? place. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I <laughs> don't know, just an edge of some sort, perhaps, yeah, yeah. like, for, which Berlin has. Um, but then I, yeah, but then maybe also not. Maybe it's nice to just go and live in heaven. Well, I think that's why people retire. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need the anxiety and stress anymore. Are you suggesting I, I retire? <laughs> That's what this is about. I'm, I'm thinking of my own plans here. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, New York will do it to you. Yeah. You know, be oh, here yeah, for 20 years and you're ready for Hawaii. Crazy. Yeah, this yeah. is crazy. Are you thinking, would you ever go, would you ever go out, leave? I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's weird. It's like, it's, it's a very difficult place to be, but mm. at the same time, there's so many great about it but for me the community is a huge part of it have you ever lived in the, in the countryside no uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh so okay. I've, I've always been in you know in dense areas okay uh-huh. I can't I don't think I could do the I, have you ever done like a residency or something in in like well this Skowhegan which is oh. out in the middle of okay. nowhere yeah. Maine, yeah which okay. I loved yeah and I've when I go to Japan we visit you know the countryside where it's empty and it's yeah. amazing uh-huh. but I don't know if I could live there no yeah I think I could it's visit yeah, we we've started going a lot to Sicily uh-huh. and like in uh, in the countryside, and the plan is to build a studio there. Oh, and that's nice. But it would be a, like a half-half thing, you know, like right. uh, it. Not but all it, the time. yeah. But also, you, you just realize that, um, you know, I used to worry like, oh, but then no one would be able to come to my studio. And now I'm like, yeah, no one would be able to come to my studio. Right. Fantastic. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quiet time. Yeah. Just go there and work on a show, and then ship it off, and that would be. So I think what I foresee is maybe a bit of both soon. Yeah, well, with the internet, I mean, exactly. you know, you don't need to. people can, yeah. you could do a video studio visit. Yeah, true, true. Whatever. Yeah. But it's nice to have, I mean, ideally, that would be amazing to have like a second space yeah, where you could decompress or work out ideas differently. Exactly. You could get the charge when you want it and you could get the, the quiet when you exactly. want it. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm kind of lining up, which I think comes from, like, I, I grew up kind of in the you know, a bit of both because I spent very intense times in London, but also in also like in you know basically countryside. Yeah. So I I love both really. Right. Um, yeah. So well, let's talk a little bit about what you got going on here at Freeze. Yeah, I've got a soda presentation with Josh Lilly Gallery, who's uh, I've just started working with him uh, in London, which is um, full circle. Bring yeah. It back to London. Well, um, it's yeah, that's been a big thing. It feels really um i was re- we so i have a solo show on right now in london mm-hmm. with josh it just it opened in uh, a few weeks ago and um it does I w- i've never been as nervous ab- about a show as that show I, it's it, i do have a bit of my a chip on my shoulder i do feel that i was slightly rejected by london and it it was very nerve-wracking to come back and have a show um but actually, I realized that was kind of all in my own head, and people are just really nice and kind of like, oh, nice to see you back. Well, were you basing it a lot on getting rejected from all those art schools? Yeah, and, which is and and then afterwards, after um, 
so what I didn't say is that after my uh, finished my I've never I haven't I, I never did a master course. So yeah. after I finished, I I applied to a few places and also got rejected from them as well to do a master program. That's when I moved to Berlin. I was like, fuck, it, I just want to go to a studio and make work. Yeah. So yeah, that, I was literally rejected from from place. I wanted to, I wanted to go to like Royal Academy, Royal College. Got rejected from all those places. Yeah, but look at you now. Yeah, um, well, I mean that's that's yeah. the sometimes that's the motivation. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I tell I tell a lot of my students because they'll apply for a grant or a grad school and they won't get in. And I say, you know, you have to apply to like ten to twenty things. If you get one, you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly. just and also the I, odds, I think it's um, you know, um, you know, don't get me wrong, like. I, I think I wasn't ready. Like I respect yeah. when I look back, I re- completely respect their decision. Both like both for applying for um, BA and, and MA. Like I, um, they were right. I wasn't ready. Um, but I kind of got myself ready. And then by the time where I probably could have got in, I was already showing and stuff. And I thought, you know, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I want to like things are already moving. And yeah. the best education I can get is just to be in a studio making work. And so it's 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 sort of worked out. And, Learning on the Strasse. Yeah. I'm going to use that for now. You should make that you can't t-shirts use that. out of that. That's mine. Oh, that's yours? Yeah, Damn. but we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if I give you a tip afterwards? Go on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, is, it, is it fun to sort of like be here at the... I mean, I yeah. guess you're not really hanging out, hanging out, but you feel the energy of all these yeah. eyes. The yeah. one, okay, so we could talk a little bit about the good and bad of Lord Fairs. Yeah, it seems on, to be a hot topic. Yeah. I spoke to a friend yesterday... Um, so the first art fair I did was Art Cologne was with Mikkel Anderson mm-hmm. and um, I again it was like really nerve wracking to do that and I felt really disappointed afterwards I was um, I, again it was a similar thing that I worked for a long time making like one painting it was a bigger one this time but like one yeah. painting and just remember the feeling of just seeing like just hundreds of people just sort of walking past and sort of vaguely glancing at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like how bad that felt because I, I suppose I had this feeling that like everyone would stop and be like, this is the best painting I've ever seen. Stop in your tracks. Yeah. Like forget everything else here. This is, this is why I came. Right. (laughs) And I didn't really think that, but you know, I like, you work for something and then and, and you realize it's just irrelevant it's just part of a big kind of art supermarket right and then the big turning point was kind of realizing i was doing exactly the same you know <laughs> just walking past tons and tons of artworks not looking at anything because right. it's impossible to look at yeah, everything have, no one has that stamina no. it's like being at the met and going and looking at every painting of course you know i mean it's you don't you do that do it you go to the ones that you know you're going to like and you like here I, i'm like i you know I, I look for the ones that I know and I know I like and I go and look at them and I see what what new paintings they've made and very rarely do I sort of discover someone. Occasionally I'm like, oh, this, this is Yeah, you'll see something new that's like, oh, wow, what's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're moving. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, but, so the point is, is anyway, I think I was just, you know, a bit younger and a bit more stressed about the whole thing and I think the, now having this, it's been... I know what it's about. I know what the art fairs are about, and I'm not as kind of upset by the whole thing right. as I was before. It's just, um, it's just. It's just a different way of seeing it's stuff. It's part of the business of yeah. being an artist, I think, and you have to accept that. And and of course, like having the solo presentation is a bit more fulfilling because, yeah. um, as we spoke about earlier, there is a. It's more like an exhibition. I mean, I plan these works for to be shown together as a group. Yeah, it looks that way. It looks like, you know. I mean, it's not a huge show, but it's a group of works it's together, and there's not 50 other things in the booth that are competing with it. Exactly. It's designed to be shown here in this space now. They're not like leftovers or something like that. That was So that's a nice feeling that at least um, 
there's a kind of uh, integrity behind it. Yeah. Um, they're not just kind of like things to shift. Uh, is that is their booth one of the, you know how they do focus like there's um, booths that only yeah. show solo yeah um, shows basically. Um, Sorry, I should know that, but I have done no, no. Yeah, research. they they um, there's yeah there's a I think that line oh, I don't know I think that line of them have got. Uh, um, there's like a line on that side that just doing solo presentations. Okay. But I mean, he does. He doesn't only do solo presentations, Josh. I think. Right. I think this is the first time he's done it. Yeah. But that is a nice way. I mean, I guess it's. Oh, it's a nice way to do a fair. Counterproductive definitely. to some galleries who want to sell like you know a gazillion dollars yeah. worth of like all yeah. this stuff. But it's a nice way to see the work. And the one great thing I love about art fairs is that you will get exposed to things that you haven't seen just because yeah. it's all in one spot. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the way I like the mall. Yeah. The food's <laughs> crap, but I can get socks and then I can go like play a Dave and Butter. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. You can do different things I know, you're right. under one roof. You're right. And um, especially more like um, I'm sort of 95. When I look at art these days, it's like 95% museums and 5% contemporary art. Like I've, I really have sort of cut myself out a little bit from going to openings and things like that yeah. these days just because as i said earlier my time is so precious and that openings i tend like unless it's a friend i don't go to really much anymore so um this is just a brilliant way of just like dosing up on yeah. like contemporary art and seeing galleries i've heard about before and like it's just a lot like i think i've just calmed down a bit and not not like feel so emotional about the whole thing anymore like it's, it's all right it's just people doing a bit of business and like there's a lot of really good art here it's yeah incredible the quality like, yeah. some amazing stuff well not to presume but as of five weeks ago i would imagine that as you when well at least for me once i had my son it's like the center of the world isn't it's, art in my career it's bizarre anymore. isn't it it kind of contextualizes everything you just get a little less worked up about the little things yeah it was like so i was so nervous about the sh about doing the show in london and then baby was born and I didn't worry at all anymore <laughs> because the most important they'll, thing was they'll survive yeah Your paintings exactly. exactly and if someone doesn't like them it's also okay you know it's, it's, right. it's yeah exactly I think it's quite good I think it's quite been quite um, it's quite effective way of worrying less actually I right I recommend Definitely. children so what else after this what else do you have going on um, coming up so I, I've had shows you have the show up now in London yes and as a um, this sh I work in the Saatchi Gallery, which is also on at the moment in London. So, so I have I've had stuff like January, February, March, April, May this year, mm -hmm. and um, which were all planned kind of last year. And then um, when we found out the baby was coming, I deliberately then didn't plan any ever anything for the next year. Smart. But 2019 is booked up again. So this the end. So summer's going to be spend some time with the baby, nice. and I'd like to the first time in a long time have a bit of playtime in the studio and a bit of like to just not finish things for a little bit yeah. and then there's a few exciting things happening in uh, 2019 um, I'm do definitely doing a solo show with uh, Mikael and with an Eigen and Art who, who I work with in, yeah. in Berlin mm -hmm. and one more thing which I'll tell you off mic okay. which may or may not happen Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. You've got the laboratory sort of version of the studio now. You get some some new parent time. Yeah, exactly. That kind of like resets, recalibrates your brain a little bit, yeah. and then you can make some new work. What's happened at the moment? Like first little things that I've been playing around with is it's kind of completely uh, changed my perception of scale. You know, because yeah. 
you know, she's just this incredibly perfect, tiny, beautiful little thing. And as you can see, I make, I've been making quite a lot of big works recently. Yeah. And the first thing I've been doing in the studio is just like a small, delicate little works. And it's had a very, very instant, direct effect on me. Right. And um, they're also, we'll see what happens, but I've been making, I've been like drawing from life and making portraits from life and so just you suddenly realize that kind of what around you what's directly in front of you is just incredibly precious and yeah. like uh, that's the that's the instant effect it's had you know uh, hours into into her life you know yeah that uh, and the sleep deprivation you know that as well yeah which has <laughs> made me paint a lot of very troubled works <laughs> <laughs> well I, I was I, I think I talked about it before with people that like sometimes it makes you a little less precious too about your own process mm. you know you're kind of like well I need to get through this yeah I'm not going to sweat every little detail yeah that's right but I think um, yeah that's true I've become also less like it's funny with sleep because I would I would I would get stressed if I was having a big thing like the day after, I would plan everything around getting eight hours sleep. Oh, yeah. I, and if I didn't, it would be like days ruined, you know. And that's just not how it. it, it that is not. That just is unrealistic now. Yeah, you can. So you just have to like basically pull yourself together and say, okay, I've had three hours sleep, but it's fine. Yeah. I'll cope. It's all right. I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. And yeah. Cool. Well, last question. Yeah. What do you listen to in the studio? Silence. Um, I'm not just saying this to. Uh, I listen to only you. No, I, oh. I, I no, I, but I <laughs> no. I, so you only started uh, listening to. <laughs> no, I. Um, uh, I'm trying, Are you a podcaster? Or do you like listen to? I'm listen. This is it's quite interesting because I'm kind of like. I almost consider this. A, I'm almost verging on considering this a trade secret, but so I'm going to say this now. But I so I listen to. So f my friend Marco Reicher, who I talked about earlier, who I used, to, who was in the studio next to me, was um, he used to listen to kind of s stories and podcasts and stuff when yeah. he was working, and um, I used to make fun of him about it, and I used to say like, "Well, you're not concentrating; you're just listening to stories." And, and then Serial Podcast came out, oh, yeah. and he was like, "You have to listen to this," and I was like, "Fine," hooked. obviously completely hooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was incredible because I genuinely consider it um, a kind of major breakthrough because what happened was I started realizing that um, a lot of the negative the things that were holding me back in the studio were coming from is it the left or the right side of the brain the kind of academic side of the brain oh, so yeah, kind of yeah. self-doubt overthinking and I found that when that side of the brain was kind of activating rather than distracting me it would kind of it would kind of allow that side of the other side of the brain the creative side of the brain if you want to kind of to run and be free and be uninhibited yeah and it has changed my life it's changed my work i mean it's it just really cool and so i listen to podcasts or audiobooks and yeah. i i'm a, um, a, a terror like i'm a bad reader like i um I'm sure everyone is these days, but diagnosed as dyslexic. So I, I kind of like I'm bad. I'm, I I haven't read many books, and suddenly I'm discovering this world of, of books. Audio and, format. And, yeah, it's amazing, especially for visual people. Absolutely. I joke that I don't read. Yeah. Well, yeah. How, anytime I have moments, I I want to be working on my work. I, I have to use my eyes. Yeah. I can't read while Ex I'm working. Exactly. And then when I'm with my family, I'm not reading. You know what I mean? Right. So the it, audio thing is kind of a nice way around that. Yeah. So I'm I'm like obsessively passionately listening to yeah podcasts and audiobooks now when I work that's pretty and occasionally then I would like silence and then and then yeah music but 
thing about music as well is it's so um, it's, it, it, it makes me feel so much it's yeah. so emotional that it um, it sometimes directs me too much in the work you yeah. know it, it's, it's like it's doing the opposite it's like activate it's uh, it's sort of um, it distracts that creative side of the brain for me a little it's like bit too emo yes exactly <laughs> exactly and if I'm if I'm, if I'm kind of working on a very you know in-depth you know pattern or something that I want to just really get right um, feeling very emotional isn't necessarily the best state of mind for me to be in you right. know um, yeah that's a great you found a good balance mm. some people will ingest medicinal herbs to get yeah. that edge off <laughs> yeah. of the right side of the brain yeah you know exactly I, mean? but I don't know what you mean at all no <laughs> <laughs> you found a very productive uh, responsible way to do that yeah. in the studio yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh-huh. great yeah well man it's been it's great to meet you you too man the work looks great thank you it's yeah. uh, I don't I think people won't be able to see if they're coming to freeze. They're going to see it regardless. You I know, so, I don't think yeah. this will air before this is over. But True, yeah. um, but they could see your work online at uh, your galleries. And yeah. then is your your website's your name. Yeah, dot dot com. Com. Yeah, and um, f- uh, like I'm probably going to be doing something in New York early next year nice. as well. So hopefully, be able to see something more than then cool. uh, yeah, early next year. Great. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a pitch right around the right down there. You want to go kick around a little bit? One then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, dude. Cheers, man. Sound and Vision is recorded, produced, and edited by myself, Brian Alfred. You can follow Sound and Vision on Instagram at Sound and Vision Podcast, and you can find the podcast, more information, and images I take from the podcasts at soundandvisionpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can make a donation of any amount on the webpage. The intro music and introduction was lended by Michael Lovett of the band Nazca Lines. You can catch Michael moonlighting in the band Metronomy. The artist introduction music and outro music was provided by Lullatone. For more information about myself and my artwork, check out my website, paintchanger.com, or find my work at Miles McHenry Gallery in New York City, Maho Kubota Gallery in Tokyo, Hezi Cohen Gallery in Tel Aviv, and Studio La Chita Gallery in Verona. Thank you for listening. <laughs>